Welcome to the Exchange Church Podcast. You can find us on Facebook as well as Twitter and Instagram at Exchange Houston. The following is a message from our guest speaker. Day to all the moms this morning. Um, a very special happy Mother's Day to my beautiful wife. And uh, we've been in June, we'll be married for 18, 18 years. And so um, Pastor Jared always jokes about how years ago he would call me and, uh, or I would call him. And every time I called him, it's like, hey, Lisa's pregnant again. So uh, that's how it just was for years and years. And we have four beautiful children. Um, I was, happy Mother's Day to my mom all the way out in West Texas over in Roaring Springs, Texas. Um, she had a tough time raising a young boy like me. And I'll just tell you a quick little story. I was born and raised in a church. Uh, every time the doors were open, we were in the church. And it was because of my mom. I mean, my dad, he's kind of like an old hippie, and he don't know what to do. So he loves God, but he's way more easygoing. And my mom is just, we're going to be there every time the doors are open. And, and uh, my mom always tells a story that um, it came, we're at church, and we had pews in our church. Anybody grow up in a church with pews? Okay. So we're, we had pews, and, uh, and my mom said I was just tall enough to really stand up in the pew and not really bother too much the person behind me. So I was, I was pretty young, but I'm telling you guys, I was super, super ornery. And my mom, I, I think she spanked me every day of my life, okay? And I deserved every one of them. But this one day, uh, she had told me, Kevin, we're about to have prayer time. And in this church, there would, every Sunday we would have a time for prayer. And it was a small enough community and a small enough church that we could raise hands. And they'd say, who has a prayer request? And so Carlos would raise his hands, hey, please pray for And it was always livestock. You know, my cow is hurt. You know, my cow's sick. That's how it was where I was from. And we prayed for cattle and dogs and cats every Sunday. And so, okay, we'll be praying for that. Everybody write that down. And then everybody, we'd get all the prayer requests, and then we would pray. Okay, and so I can remember mom said, it's about time for prayer and you need to be really quiet. And well, she tells the story. I don't remember all this, but I looked at her and I just kept doing what I was doing. And I was shuffling through all this stuff and being loud. And she said, Kevin, and when she got, she was really serious. She would talk through her teeth and she said, Kevin, I told you to be quiet. We're about to pray. And they started praying. And I looked at her, and I kept doing what I was doing. And so she reached behind my arm. Did your mom ever do this? And she pinched that special pinch right there on my arm. And I looked at her, get ready for the volume control. And I said, don't pinch me as loud as I could. And my mom picked me up under her arm, and I knew what was about to happen because this wasn't the first time this had happened to me. She would pick me up, take me out the back, and we had her front porch in the church, and she would spank me, and I would try to learn my lesson and come back in, and I'd be crying. Well, that was about to happen, so she picked me up, and she's taking me out, and my mom says that I went, pray for me, and the whole crowd just died laughing, and I'm sure many 
prayed for me for years and years. And so my mom, man, God bless her. She, she loved me. She was always there for me. And, uh, and she disciplined me. I believe in godly discipline. We need to discipline our kids if we love them. Uh, but she was always there for me every time I was sick, every time I needed a hug. She told me that she loved me. She, she raised me in the way of the Lord. And, uh, and there was a time that I really ran from that call of God in my life. But how many know that uh, I didn't depart from that call all the way? And that's why I'm here today. So welcome this morning. Uh, we've been in a series called The Blessed Life. And uh, my question to you this morning is who wants to live the blessed life? Amen. Right? Like I think everybody should say, ah, yeah, I want to live the blessed life. Like nobody wakes up in the morning and is like, well, I would like to live the cursed life today. I've been blessed for so long. Let's just go ahead and try that for a while. No, everybody wants to live the blessed life. And so Pastor Jared started this series a couple weeks ago and it has been amazing. Amen. It's been powerful. Listen, we record every one of these sermons, so I encourage everybody uh, to get on Facebook, uh, to get on our Facebook page, to get on our web page, and go ahead and listen to these, not just one time when you're here, but throughout the week. Listen to them again and be blessed and be matured by these things. Amen? Amen. And so today I'm going to continue in that series. And this series is based off of a book. And I would encourage everybody to buy this book. It's by Pastor Robert Morris called The Blessed Life. It's a best-selling book. And so go grab it and just be going along with this. This morning, my assignment is to talk to you guys about breaking the spirit of mammon. Everybody say mammon. All right. Everybody say mammon. All right, we're, we're going to talk about breaking the spirit of man, but I'm going to ask you to stand this morning for the reading of the Word of God. We're going to be in Luke chapter 16, and uh, this is a passage that is recorded by uh, Luke, and, and he's recording Jesus speaking, okay? And so we're going to look there. If you, if you brought your Bibles this morning, you can look there. Uh, if you didn't, it's going to be up on the Sky Bible for you. And in Luke chapter 16, verse 9, this word, mammon, see, the word mammon is only used four times in the Word of God, and Jesus in this passage uses it three times in, in the book of Luke. So verse 9, this is Jesus speaking, he says this, and I say to you, make friends for yourself by, here it is, unrighteous mammon. Everybody say mammon. mammon. Verse 10, he who, uh, oh wait, uh, by, I'm sorry, and I say to you, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon, that when you fell, everybody say fell, they, who's they speaking of? It's referring to the friends that you make through unrighteous mammon, that they, those, they may receive you into an everlasting home. A regular home or an everlasting home? An ever, so think about that. Think about that. And it says this, verse 10, He who is faithful with the least is faithful in much, and he who is unjust with the least is unjust in much. Verse 11, Therefore, Jesus says, If you have not been faithful in what? unrighteous mammon, okay? So he's, he's literally talking about unrighteous mammon. This is what he's talking about being faithful and being just with. He says, who will commit to you the true riches? We're going to talk about that. Verse 12, and if you have not been faithful in what's another's man, who will give you what's your own? Verse 13, he says, no servant, okay? That means no one, no person. This is not able to happen for any person. Jesus makes this huge statement, can serve two masters for either He'll hate one, which will cause him to love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. And he's, he just caps it off with this. 
You cannot serve God and mammon. Or let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you this morning for the power of your word. Lord, I thank you for the ability that you've given me and the opportunity to preach and to teach. I thank you for having opportunity and to have the entrance into the hearts of your people. And I believe that you sent me here, God, with a specific assignment. And I ask that you would use my mouth as your instrument to be able to do your will. Holy Spirit, I ask you this morning that you would help me to unpackage and deliver the prophetic word of the Lord. And I pray that right now we would each make a decision to open up the eyes and the ears of our hearts. I pray that nothing less than transformation for each one of us today. We pray that we would be transformed today by the renewing of our minds and Holy Spirit. We ask that you would release something inside of us that would cause an eternal response. And we pray this this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. 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 You can be seated. So let me read to you again this powerful verse 13. Remember, Jesus is speaking to this. And, and remember, Jesus is not speaking this to us. Okay, this, this wasn't recorded, you know, by Pastor Kevin in a conversation that you and Jesus had. This is in a different time, a different place. Do you all understand that? Okay, so Jesus is speaking to a certain group of people, and he tells them, no servant, okay? And how many know that we're servants of God, right? He says, no servant can serve two masters for either either he will hate one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to one and despise the other. And he makes this statement. It's the only place in the Bible where there's such a contrast like this. He says, you cannot serve God and mammon. Everybody say mammon. Mammon. We're going to talk about that. And, and, and because it's such a powerful word that this is the only place that Jesus says, you can't serve God and this, then we really need to know what is mammon. And I encourage everybody to take notes every week. Amen? Be a, 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 a Berean. Be a, a studier. A, somebody that is wanting to grow and to continue on. So take notes. And, and while you're taking notes, we're just going to have three quick questions that we're going to go over this morning. And question number one, write this down very simply is what is mammon? Because if Jesus makes such a powerful statement like that, then I need to know what mammon is. And most people, if I was to ask you, hey, what's mammon? What's Jesus talking about here? Most people would say money, right? Very simply, just off the top of your head, well, he's talking about money there, pastor. And, and, and yes, but it's way deeper than just money. So we need to talk about really what mammon is. So when you really start to study this out, mammon is an Aramaic word, which means riches. Everybody say riches. Okay. And the study doesn't just stop there because this Aramaic word comes from the Syrian god of riches. So the Syrians had a false god and his name was mammon. And so there would be these people that every year they would pray to the, the false god of riches. And they would pray to mammon. And they would say, mammon, please, whatever we need to do, we just need you to get riches to us. We serve you, O Lord, O mammon. Do you understand? So this is where this is, this is coming from, okay? And, and I want you to notice audience relevance here. When these people that Jesus was talking to years and years and years before us in a different country, in a different region of the world than us, when he said the word unrighteous mammon, when he said those two words to them, it clicked in their heads, oh, he's talking about 
It just went off. We remember there's this, the false Syrian god of riches. His name is, is Mammon. And it would, have, it would have understood. Now, when we read this, you may not know that history. So you may not get that in reading this, but that's why we need to study the word of God. And so really, they would have understood that he wasn't just referring to money. They would have said, yeah, that false Syrian God of riches. And listen, this false God of riches named Mammon that they worship, it came from Babylon. Has anybody ever heard of Babylon before? Okay, where does Babylon come from? Babylon, we get that from the story. Everybody remember in Genesis 11, there was a story about the Tower of Babel? Okay, this is where Babylon comes from. It's Babel, and, 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 and that first part of the word, it literally means confusion, okay? And when you put on that suffix, the, that, it, it, that starts to mean to be sowed or planted. So the word Babylon means to be sown into confusion. That's what happened in the story, right? There was a group of people that got together, and they had a mindset. They had a thought that we don't need God. We can get to heaven on our own. Okay, it was a system. It was a, a, a mentality that they had. We don't need Jehovah. We don't need him. We can do this on our own. And so we're going to build this tower on our own without God to heaven because we don't need God. Listen, this is where the spirit of mammon comes from. It's a mentality even on the earth today. And really, mammon is a spirit. What is mammon? It's a spirit, and it's a spirit that comes along and says to us, you don't need God. You know what you need? You need money. You need riches. You could do anything. Have you ever had that thought before? Man, what would fix all of my problems is if I just had more money. We could really have a happy marriage if we just had more money. Man, our church could really take off if we just had more you know where that message is coming from? You know, that's a mammon mentality. It comes from the spirit of mammon that comes in and it tries to get us to think we don't need God. If we just had riches, we could do this on our own. That's what the spirit of mammon does. It comes into your life and it gets you to believe that you don't need God if you have riches. Please understand audience relevance. When he said you can't serve God and mammon... All of what I just said hit them, and they go, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, Jesus, we understand that, because the people that worship the false god of mammon, they believed that we don't need Jehovah, and so they're like, yeah, totally, Jesus, yeah, amen, we completely understand what you're talking about. I'm telling you today, the spirit of mammon is an arrogant, prideful spirit that is still here today testing us and attacking us, trying to get us to think that we don't need God. Think about what Jesus said to them. He said, you can't serve God and mammon. In other words, mammon, listen to this, mammon is looking for servants. Mammon is still today this spirit that wants to rule in your life. It wants you to look to it, to trust it, to put your trust in it instead of God. And something I really want to point out to you, and this is so powerful. In verse 13, when Jesus said, you can't serve both, listen, you'll either be loyal to one, and he said, and despise the other. So really what happens is when you're loyal to one, it causes you 
to despise the other. Please think about what Jesus said, because I'm telling you today, in, in Christianity realm, okay, in our sphere that we have as Christians, there's a, there's a message, there's a very popular message that goes around, and it's called the, the uh, 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 prosperity message. And the prosperity message, and I'm all for prosperity, Amen. I want to prosper, and I believe that God wants to prosper us. But in this prosperity message, they teach that if you, well, they say, give to God so that you can get, okay? Because, because God wants everybody to be rich. Because God wants all Christians to have, you know, Mercedes, and God wants every Christian to have a Rolex, brother. And so if you give, know that you're giving to get. And Pastor Jared talked about this a couple, a couple weeks ago. You know, when we start to get this blessed life mentality, it's not that mentality saying you need to give so that you can get. God's not going, wow, they finally got the revelation of getting. That's not what it's about, right? But that's what this message is. And, and what starts to happen in this prosperity message is you give to get and you give to God so you can get. And the problem with the message is it actually works selfishness and greed into your life instead of out of your life. And the biggest problem with this message is that it's not a message from God. It's a mammon message. You hear what I said? It's a mammon message. You see, people hear this message, and they're like, yeah, I do want to prosper. And so they buy into it. They start to live out this message. Like, I, I want stuff. I want to be, I, I want to have power, and I, and I want to be able to do great things, and I want, to, I want a bigger car, and so I'm going to come to church, and I'm going to, I'm going to give towards God. And we start to live this message out, and these people start to become loyal to this message. And what, what did Jesus say? When you become loyal to something, it causes you to hate the other. So this person goes along, and I'm talking about a Christian. I'm talking about a believer in God. But they've bought into this other message, right? And so they're going along, and, and life is passing by pretty quick, and all of a sudden, something bad happens, right? Something breaks down, or something goes wrong in your life financially. And what happens then is we get mad at God. God, why'd you let this happen? You knew I couldn't afford this. I've been given to you, and I was expecting a Rolex. And what I got is a broke-down car. And we become upset with God. Think about it. Jesus says you'll either be loyal to one, which will cause you to hate or despise the other. When things go wrong, all of a sudden, people get mad at God. Why? Why do they get mad and start to despise God? It's because we've put our loyalty, we've started to become loyal to this message of Mammon. And the whole time these people don't realize it. Can I tell you, I've fallen into this trap before where I've started to despise God and say, I can't take this. What's going on? And what happened is my mentality, some, it didn't mean I wasn't a Christian anymore. Come on, somebody, say amen. It just meant that my focus was not putting trust in God, but putting trust in riches. Putting trust in finances. I can remember years ago, we had, uh, I was pastoring a church, and this guy did something really, really bad, which caused him to be separated now from his family and be put in prison. And he was a guy that, that we all looked to, and, and we had no idea he was doing this. Um, and it was just a lapse of judgment. He needed money. And, and I'm telling you, he was a guy that I really looked to to do stuff in our church. And what happened is he went back to see his family in Mexico, and they told him, we'll give you $5,000 cash if you take this group of people across the border. 
And he says, I really need this money. And instead of putting his trust in God, he put his trust in money. And you know what happened? He got caught and he went to prison. And I remember visiting him in jail and he was crying and he felt just the lowest he had ever felt in his life. And he says, Pastor, I'm not even a Christian anymore. I'm lower than dirt. I can't even provide for my family. And I said, listen, stop right there. God's not mad at you. He still loves you. You need to learn from this. But you first need to also understand, too, that you are not the provision for your family. Who is the provider? Money? No. No place in the Bible was there a a blind man or a lame man that went, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and went, oh, yeah, hey, just need some more money. Is money the answer? No. Is money the provider? No. God is the provider. And as a husband, God wants to send provision through that husband for his family. But when you're taken out, is God going to stop providing for your wife? No. I said, we're going to pick up the cost. We're going to come in the gap. Because God wants to flow through us to do what you should be doing, but you made a mistake, and we're going to come in. But what had happened? He fell into that, that lie and that deceit that mammon says, you don't need God, you need money. Right. And I'm telling you, don't fall into that trap because mammon is still today looking for servants. And Jesus was saying, this spirit wants to rule your life. Mammon wants you to look to it instead of God. But don't allow that to happen. Be loyal to God. How many, how many know we need to put our, our loyalty into God? and not into mammon. So what is mammon? Mammon is a spirit that lays out a trap. And we don't need to fall into that trap, okay? We need to be loyal to God. Mammon is a spirit, and mammon wants to take God's place. And all throughout our lives, mammon is trying to get us to bow down, to serve mammon, to worship mammon. But Jesus is saying, no, don't fall into the trap. God is the only one that can provide everything you need. God is the answer. Amen? So, number two, question number two, what was the first question? What is mammon? We answered it, okay? It's a spirit. Question number two, is money evil? Is money evil? Because Jesus is talking about money in this passage. And so we need to know, is money evil? And the reason I ask that question is because in John 16, in the passage that we just read twice, Jesus didn't just say mammon, he said unrighteous mammon. So does that mean that money is evil? Okay. And listen, I will say this too, to prove to you that mammon is a spirit. You say, well, I don't know if mammon is a spirit, then how can, how, how can it talk to you then? Because I guarantee you, every time you go to give to the church, you go to give in tithes and offerings, you're going to hear a voice. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You sure you need to give that? Have you ever heard this voice? If you give that, you won't have enough. That's the spirit of mammon, okay? Trying Trying to always get you not to serve God. And listen, mammon is a spirit that rests on money. I don't know if you knew this, but all money has a spirit on it. It either has a spirit of God on it and it's blessed or it's cursed and has a spirit of money uh, of mammon on it. All money in your account right now either has God's spirit on it or it has the spirit of mammon on it. And the way Pastor Jared has already taught us this to get God's spirit on it, to be able to redeem it according to scripture, is you give the first 10% to the house of God and then God redeems the rest out from under the spirit of this world. Why would you want, my question today, why would you want your finances to have the spirit of mammon on it? 
Would anybody want that? No, we don't want that. And so the question that we're talking about right now, is money evil? The answer is no. Money is neutral. Write that down. Money is neutral. It can be used for good, and it can be used for bad. You can do good with money, and you can do bad with money. I know I've heard some people in the church say, well, you know, that money is the root of all evil. And they misquote a scripture. That's not what the Bible says. We can put it on the Sky Bible for you. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, it says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. For, listen to this. For which some have strayed away from the faith. Okay? Strayed away from the faith. You were putting your trust in God, but now you strayed away from that. Does it mean that you're not saved anymore? No. <laughs> You've been forgiven of your sins, past, present, and future, okay? It's not in what you have done, it's what he has already done, amen? But somewhere along the way on our path, we can stray from the path of faith and start to put our trust not in God anymore, but in riches. And it says, when you start to do this, it will, it says, and when you do this, they pierce themselves through with many sorrows. That road leads to many sorrows, Am I saying that if you put your trust in God, you're not going to go through any tough times and that you're not ever going to have a car that breaks down? That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying you save yourself the place where you just want to quit and you're just tired of everything and you just want to quit everything and you're busted and disgusted because, God, how could you let this happen to me? When that stuff happens to you and your trust is in God, you're like, God, I know you brought me to it and you can get me through it. Okay, it's empowered mentality when you put your trust in God and you live the blessed life. You see, loving and serving mammon, that's where you mess up. That's what he's saying is the root of all kinds of evil. Putting your trust in riches and not in God is going to lead you into many sorrows. Are you getting this today, church? Okay, I want to draw your attention back to the verse that we started with, verse 9. Because I believe at first glance, and even the first time I ever read this passage, I think I missed it, okay? Because it kind of sounds like Jesus is saying something at first glance. Let's read it again. Luke chapter 16, verse 9, it says, And I say to you, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, everybody say fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. So it, it almost sounds, when I first read it, it sounded to me like this. Jesus is saying, hey, you know, you have finances, you know, and, and, and here's the thing. Use those finances to make friends. You know, good, do nice things for people with those finances, and you'll make friends for them so that when you get into trouble, those friends will be there for you to welcome you and help you out. That's what I thought. It, but that's not what Jesus was saying at all, Okay. And the reason that I say this is because I want to draw your attention to that word, fell. That is a horrible translation of that word. When you study this word out in the Greek, it literally means to die. So let me read it to you again. And I say to you, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon. Okay? So you're going to have to invest this somehow, this, this, these finances. Okay? And, and it says that when you fell or when you die... And now it starts to make sense. They may receive you into an everlasting home. What do you think about when you think about everlasting home? Heaven. Okay. So what Jesus is saying here is 
So we do have this unrighteous mammon, okay? And we've learned through Pastor Jared and what he's already taught, the way that we redeem those finances, you know, the way we get God's spirit and those finances blessed is by giving the first 10% into God, amen? And so we, in, we start to invest those things. And what's going to happen as you pour and you use those finances that could be used for evil, all of a sudden it's being used for good. And I'm, we're going to prove it here in just a second. What God starts to do is turn those finances that are coming in into souls. Those souls, those people that come into the kingdom of God, they're a part of the family of God. They're your friends. And it says when you die, those people are going to be there in heaven to welcome you and say, Eddie, thank you for giving to the Lord because of what you gave. I'm here today and I just came to say thank you. That's what Jesus was saying. And to me, that's powerful. Listen, I've been a sower into the kingdom of God for years. We've been doing this for a long time, right, babe? And I know without a shadow of a doubt that I'm going to get to heaven one day, and I'm going to have some people. I know there's going to be a group of teenagers from about uh, uh, 12 years ago that are going to come up to me. And I remember the first time we ever gave $500 into the kingdom of God. And we believed God had given me a vision to take 30 kids from Roaring Springs, Texas, to Florida, to a youth conference called Branded by Fire. And we took, I don't know, I think that we ended up having to get $6,000 to be able to go because none of these kids had any money. They didn't have parents. They were coming to our church. And I said, we're going to go and we're going we're gonna to get them there. And I can tell you, I still have a note that is at my house right now from Sierra Shaw. And she told me that at this conference that God changed her life and that she had always thought that she was ugly and nobody loved her and that she had cut herself and that she was thinking about suicide. But at this place, she found Jesus Christ. And I believe one day when I get to heaven, I'm going to see her and she's going to say, thank you, Pastor Kevin, for giving to the Lord. Because God took what you gave, and that's why I'm here today. She would have never gone if we weren't obedient to give to the Lord that day. I'm telling you, you guys here that sow faithfully into the kingdom of God through the exchange, you are going to meet people in heaven one day that are going to walk to you. I'm talking from a different country that you've never known before. And they're going to walk up to you and they're going to say, thank you for faithfully giving to that church that supported a missionary that came. Because if you didn't give, he wouldn't have came. And if he didn't come, I wouldn't be here in heaven right now. So I came to tell you, thank you. It's amazing to me, this miracle, that God takes this unrighteous mammon and he redeems it and turns it into souls. That's a good place to say, man. Oh, I can't even see my notes. It's amazing to me that when we sow into the kingdom of God, God takes it and he uses it to populate heaven. Which takes us to the last final question. What should we do with money? Question number three. Write that down. What should we do with money? The answer is very simple. Write this down. Be a good steward of what you have. Be a good steward of what you have. Write this down too. God is looking for good stewards. 
Let me illustrate this to you. Okay, we got God over here. And how many know that God has all of the resources? Amen? He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. How many know that God's resources are limitless? Somebody say amen. Right? Okay. So we got God over here with all the resources. Over here, we have people in a foreign country who are in a mess. They need food. It's hard for them to get water. They're sick. They need medicine. But above all, they need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. God wants to get to them. God wants to get resources to them. See, these people need not, not just somebody to come preach to them, but they need somebody to come show the love of God to them first. They need somebody to come drill a well in the name of Jesus. Come on. They need somebody to come to them that has dentists and doctors that come in the name of Jesus and love on their children and give them medication because, listen, if they're dead, they can't hear the gospel. This, these things need to happen. They need people that will come on a missions trip and will go and build homes and build church buildings for them. They need these things. So we got these people over here, no resources. We got God over here. He has all the resources. Let me ask you a question. What's in between? What's in between all the resources and the people that need the resources? Us. Listen to this. Write this word down. Stewards. Stewards. And what's God looking for? Good stewards. And I'm telling you, in between is good stewards and bad stewards. And so what God does is he sees these people over there and he says, I need to get these resources to these people. And so what he says is, I'm looking for a good steward. And so he starts shoveling stuff over to this person that's a steward. It's you or me. And we take it and listen, I'm telling you, if we are a bad steward and we don't put God first and we don't give and we hold on to it and we say, you know what? I just don't have enough. Then whatever they need need, it never happens. It just stops right here. But if you're a good steward, and I'm telling you, God starts shoveling this stuff, these resources to you, and you start to get it, and you go, thank you, God. Thank you for blessing me so I can be a blessing. And you go ahead and you say, I'm going to go ahead and shovel this over. All of a sudden, the people that need the medicine, the people that need the, the doctors and the people that need the well drill for them in the name of Jesus, all of a sudden, the people that need to hear the word of God and the gospel that you and I have received, they get it. What do you think God does for a good steward? Everybody say more. He goes, man, I can trust him. He's a good steward. And he goes, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to shovel. And we go, thank you, God, for giving me more so that I can now, whoa, even bless more. And we go ahead and we get it. And now all of a sudden, everything is happening. It's like a river. God's running it to us, and now he's running it through us. He's running it to us, and he's running it through us. And I'm telling you, for what happens for a good steward is more. But listen to this. You may be here today and you say, you know, man, here's, here's my problem, Pastor Kevin. I have too little of this unrighteous mammon 
to be concerned with this message. I mean, if I had more, then I could really be listening and it would be important. I'd be taking notes. But I just don't have very much of it. And let me say something very lovingly to you today. And you never will. You never will. If that is your attitude, you never will have much of it. Luke chapter 16, verse 10. Please think about this. He says, he who is faithful with the least. Everybody say least. The what? He who is faithful with the least is faithful also in much. Is exactly what I just showed you. And he who is unjust with what? Everybody say least. Least will be unjust also in much. If you say today, well, I just have a little bit, did you realize the little is a test? That'll preach, Pastor. Put that on, tweet that out right now. The little, look at your neighbor and say, the little is a test. The little is a test. God is testing you with a little because if you're faithful with a little, then he'll bless you with, come on, say it, more. The little is a test, but he can't bless you with more if you'll not be faithful with a little bit. It's what Jesus just said. If you'll be unjust with a little, then you'll be unjust with lot. I've heard poor people get all upset because I've been around poverty mentality people all my life. And they get upset and they say, well, you know what? It just seems like the rich get richer. Can I tell you and explain you from a kingdom principle? Good stewards get more. Because God gets them more because he knows that he's, they're going to be able to flow more. It's not so they can get more so they can have all this really, really nice stuff and they can just be selfish. No, 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 no. He gets more, more to them so they can grow the kingdom of God more. The good steward gets more and the bad steward doesn't. It's because God has all the resources in the world and he's trying to reach the world with his love. But to do that, he's looking for good stewards. Everybody say good stewards. Last, last verse in this last point. Verse 11. Luke chapter 16, verse 11 says this. Therefore, if you have been unfaithful in what? Unrighteous mammon. So he's talking about money. He, he, he's not talking about in love. He's not saying if you've been unfaithful with forgiveness. He says it right here. Unrighteous mammon. Everybody agree? If you have been unfaithful with unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Everybody say true riches. What are the true riches? Because, Pastor Cody, I want the true riches. Don't you? I want the true riches. So what are the true riches? Everybody look around at all the people right now in this, in this church this morning. You're looking at the true riches. Okay, you're looking, when you look at all these people, you're looking at something that's going to last forever. Am I talking about their bodies? No, I'm talking about souls. Souls last forever. Have you ever heard the saying, you'll never see a hearse pulling a U-Haul? Have you ever heard that saying before? What does that mean? Never see a hearse pulling a U-Haul. It means when you die... You can't take all the gold that you accumulated. You can't take, you know, those new golf clubs, and you can't take that nice pickup, and you can't take all the things, all the things that you thought were true riches, you can't take those with you, right? 
They stay here, and moth takes them away. Rust takes those things away, right? But what are the true riches? True riches are souls, okay? I'm telling you today, heaven is being populated, and hell is being plundered by our giving. Amen, Pastor. That's the point of verse 11, because he said, faithful with unrighteous mammon. You need to understand that when you give, God uses it for the kingdom of God for true riches. And what are true riches? True riches are people. True riches equals salvation. God takes the unrighteous mammon and he turns it into true riches. Pastor Cody, I want the true riches. I've been blessed to be able to hear the guy that wrote this book, Pastor Robert Morris. I've been able to hear him speak before. And he told a story that really adds to this point. I'd like to tell it to you right now. He has a daughter named Elaine. Now, Elaine is an adult now, and she's married to a guy named Ethan. Now, years ago, though, when they were kids, when they were teenagers, Pastor Robert was visited by Ethan, and he had his eye on Elaine, Pastor Robert's only daughter. And he told Pastor Robert, I really like your daughter, and I would like to date her. And Pastor Robert said, here's the first things first, though. I'm going to give you some rules, and I'm going to give you some guidelines that I need to be able to see in you before I can bless this. And this, is, this was his point. I remember him saying this. He says, because if he won't honor me, he definitely won't honor my daughter. Come on, fathers and mothers, that'll yeah. preach. Yeah. Right? So he says, I put him to the test. And for several months, I had guidelines and I had rules that he had to follow. And he said, you know what? He honored every one of those. I knew that he really would honor me and he would honor her. So I gave him my blessing. You guys can date. So they start dating. Everything is going great. For several months, they've started this relationship. And he said uh, at church, they had this like young young couples group that was coming together. And they were all sitting around talking friends after the service. And he said, Ethan and Elaine were there, and their friends were talking. And uh, one of, the, one of the, her friends, Elaine's friends, says, uh, oh, man, it must be, must be so weird for Ethan. And they said, Ethan, what's it like to be dating the pastor's daughter? And one of the other girls goes, you know what? He is so strict. And they're like, yeah, he is. And they're like, he's so strict. I bet you he, che- he checks the, 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 the tithing record on all the boys that you date. And they all thought that was hilarious. They were like, oh, that's right. That's how Pastor Robert is. <laughs> and she didn't laugh. And she goes, oh, he does. <laughs> to which Ethan went, uh-oh. And she goes, what do you mean, uh-oh? You told me you were a giver. You told my dad you were a tither. And he goes, oh, oh I am. I am a tither. And he goes, I tithe. Uh, I get paid two times a month. And he said, it's always on a Friday. And he says, that Friday, I always put God first. I get on text to give, and I text in immediately the first 10%. I give the first to God. And he goes, but one time, I was one day late. I forgot to do it on a Friday, and I did it on a Saturday. And they go, oh, that's funny. Pastor Robert won't notice that. And she goes, oh, yes, he will. (laughs) So she went home that night, (laughs) and she said, hey, Dad. She told him the whole story. And she goes, uh, yeah, they thought it was funny. And she goes, have you checked Ethan's giving record? He goes, absolutely. And she goes, was everything okay with it? He goes, well, one time he was one day late. I remember hearing that story. And I thought, that's kind of ridiculous. That's kind of too far out there. I mean, come on. (laughs) Come on. 
But then he said this. He said, why wouldn't I check the giving record of somebody that wanted to date my daughter and may one day want to marry my daughter? He said, why wouldn't I? And I was like, well, it's not that big a deal. And he said this. He says, the Bible says that the tenth, the first 10% is separated unto God. It's God. And if you take it, you're stealing from, will a man rob God? You're robbing from God. And he said this, why would I give my daughter, my only daughter, my true riches to a thief? And I went, wow. He said, guys, I only got one. He said, my daughter Elaine is priceless to me. And I understand what he's saying that as a father. He said, why would I give to somebody that can't even handle unrighteous mammon? True riches. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and, and close your eyes. And in this moment, I want you to ask yourself, am I a good steward? In this moment right now, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit. Can you just pray this prayer? Can you say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? Thank you for listening to the Exchange Church Podcast. Follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for The Exchange Church Houston. If you would like to give to The Exchange Church, you can go to our website at IamTheExchange.com and look for the red button in the top right corner labeled Give Online.